0: Folks, welcome, welcome, welcome. Surprise, uh, one more day of me. <laughs> I'll explain that in a second. Good morning, everybody. It is June 26th. It's a Monday, 2023. Welcome to episode number 395 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. And I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Carrie, Philip, Medin, Eric Taylor, Catch Jenny Housley, the entire Simply Squad community, and me will be tearing through the top cyber news stories of the day and i'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner audio check please um what it means as a practitioner so how can you operationalize it at work this week or um you know strategically kind of in the next quarter or if you're looking to break into the industry you will be asked i guarantee you in any job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? This is a banger of an answer. If we do have a hot minute at Jaw Jack, and remind me about this list I made right here uh, yesterday. I thought long and hard about breaking into the industry yesterday. But for now, for this show, we got a great show for you. We're going to be just killing the top news stories. we got some good ones. The Chiron rolling across the bottom is telling you the headlines of those news stories so you can get a little taste of what's to come. But before we get into the hot takes, before I explain why I'm sitting in the a-hole chair, let me give a little shout out and love to the stream sponsors. Thank you so much sponsors for enabling us to be able to bring this show on the regular. Barricade Cyber Solutions guys, Eric Taylor, you know him, I know him, he's great. His company is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for business owners and send hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows what's cracking. They know how to mitigate the damage done. Give them a call at barricadecyber.com. Go to the website. Go to the link. In the uh, description below, I got distracted. Jason Hoskins with a sock analyst interview. Love it, Jason. Good for you, man. Hope you're gonna crush it. If you're uh, watching on the video stream, you can see I'm scrolling down on Barricade Cyber's website. You can see, boom, Eric Taylor. This guy, his calendar's right here. You can jump on it and meet with him as early as 10 a.m. Eastern time, which is two hours from this moment. So don't sleep. Consider connecting with Barricade Cyber. Also want to say shout out and love to Penopsi. If you're not dealing with an active incident, perhaps you're thinking, hey, I need to increase the improvement of my long-term strategy around my information security program. That sounds like a lot of words. What does that mean? What I'm saying is if you are looking at your InfoSec program and you're trying to build it, maybe you're doing cis team, maybe you're doing this cybersecurity framework, whatever you're doing, it's fine to follow a framework and a playbook, but actually making tactical decisions around What are we investing in next? Where do I allocate my resources? You know, is there duplication? What is going to give me the biggest cyber risk reduction for my dollar? That's ultimately what we're doing here. Quantified risk assessment from Panopsy Security can actually inform that. It's a very brilliant capability. They come in, they look at your people, your process, your tech, your threat landscape. And they basically dump out a statistically sound, fact-based report on how likely you are to suffer certain cyber incidents. And more importantly, how you can spend, maybe not just capital, right, But you, or financial spend. But you could spend time, you could spend resource, you could spend money on reducing the risks of all of those things. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for the audio check. All right, guys, if you're live with us, I see 159 of you beautiful people today. Holla, holla, holla. Hashtag team live in chat if you are available. Eric Q, what's up? I see that back from vacay. Good to have you. Two thumbs and all smiles is about to go on vacay in about three hours right here. This guy can't wait. I'll talk for a minute about it if you're interested. Also, it is Monday, which means we have Callan's Art of the Week. This is a uh, rewind of last week. Uh, we were unable to discover Callan's Art of the Week because of moving and uh, he has since discovered it, so I will be dropping that bomb on you guys at the mid-roll. If you're Team Replay, Team Replay are people too. I see you guys in the future. Hashtag Team Replay. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast is worth half a CPE, so don't be shy. Say what's up in chat. Get those half CPEs. Team Replay. Drop the comments, guys. Eric Taylor is going to be your host for the remainder of the week. And Monday next week, so please... I don't have to ask you to show Eric Taylor love. He uh, He's a you know dyed-in-the-wool member of the Simply Cyber community, but I do appreciate him um, covering for me, sliding over into the A-hole chair. <clears throat> I love it. What's up, Leon Led Hey, Paula Terranova. Hey, Bill Luck. Good to see you. As always, mods, great to have you here. Um, if you guys are um, a little shy... Little little, see the stream going by. You're one of the 176 in here right now, but you haven't commented in chat. Don't be shy. Take your first step into professional networking. It is incredibly valuable. If you're not sure what to say, hashtag passive observer. Hashtag passive observer. Steve, I'm not sure what you mean. Is there a number for Team Spotify? Oh, hashtag Team Spotify. Oh, no, no. I would consider uh, if you're listening to the audio podcast app of choice, you know, that's still hashtag Team Replay. Don't sleep guys a lot of people don't know this the the daily cyber threat briefing podcast show the audio is ripped down as soon as the show ends and immediately uploaded to your audio podcast app of choice Spotify Apple Play um, you know I don't know the other ones Uh, Stitcher whatever it like I basically pay for a service and you stick it in that one service and then it propagates it out to all the other platforms so that's all good finally i love do i do love to say this what's up justin morrow hashtag passive observer welcome to the party michael romine good to have you guys hashtag passive observer hey elijah McBee, good to see you guys uh my a new one that i've recently added and then we're going to get into the news my favorite if this is your first day here if this by the way shout out to you because this is a Monday morning. A lot of people don't try new things on Monday mornings. But if you, if this is a Monday morning, if you just stumbled in here or someone told you about it last week and you've been salivating all weekend to get in here, let us know in chat. Hashtag first-timer. I do love welcoming first-timers. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's something I really enjoy. All right. But for all of you, first-timers, long-timers... Do me a solid, sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. I'll see you at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines.
1: It's Monday, June 26th, 2023. CISA adds six flaws to known exploited vulnerabilities catalog. The collection comprises three Apple vulnerabilities that were patched this week, as well as two flaws in VMware and one impacting Zysel devices. The Apple vulnerabilities were the centerpiece of Operation Triangulation, which was designed to harvest a wide range of information from compromised devices, such as creating, modifying, removing, and stealing files, listing and terminating processes, gathering credentials from iCloud keychain, and tracking user locations. U.S. military...
0: Okay, so two things to tell you here. One, um, there was a really nasty Apple uh, vuln. I don't think it was really targeting mass people. It was more of an espionage technique. But anyways, uh, strong strong encouragement. Apple does make it incredibly easy for you to auto-patch and auto-update your devices. So don't sleep on that. Uh, definitely get on that. The real takeaway here for everybody, in my opinion is just an opportunity to remind everybody about Sis's noon <laughs> noon nooner noonan noonin little uh caddyshack graph here um <clears throat> coffee hasn't worked yet guys um sis's known exploited vulnerabilities catalog if you do not know about this here I'm gonna drop a link in chat if you don't know about this guys wait hold on this isn't it this isn't it. This is it right here. Let's be real. This is it. So this is a dynamite resource. Um Sissa known vulns. Um okay, so I'm gonna tell you how to use this one. First of all first off. You should bookmark this, okay? First off, you should bookmark this. Sissa, not all vul- okay, God, I gotta like it's like I wanna tell you one thing and then I realize I have to back up and then I wanna tell you something, and I'm like, I gotta back up. Back up! back up that's a deep cut for sublime fans who are familiar with uh, stealing your van raleigh sakers back up <laughs> that's a real deep cut okay so sissa has this known exploited vulnerability catalog There are like hundreds of thousands of vulnerabilities, like every single day, new vulnerabilities, new vulnerabilities, new vulnerabilities. And it becomes impossible for InfoSec professionals to patch them all or address them all, right? So we need a system to prioritize. If they're actively being exploited, that's really bad. Okay, so so get this, right? Like you have 10 vulnerabilities. That doesn't mean anything. That just means you have a weakness. Like okay, like let's make this uh more more um, applicable. Let's say all the doors in your house are unlocked, and you go to work, or you go to the library, or you go out to dinner, or whatever. All the doors are unlocked in your house. That's a vulnerability. That's a weakness. Your house is not secured from unauthorized access. That doesn't mean anyone's going in your house. Just like it doesn't mean that anyone's exploiting the vulnerabilities now. Imagine, if you will, that there's a report of somebody walking around trying doorknobs. They're pretending to be selling solar panels, but they're actually breaking into homes. The, re- the police report, hey, we have a known exploited vulnerability. We have some jack wagon who's going around opening doors and breaking in. That means you should probably leave dinner, leave the library, leave work, and go home and lock your doors, Right. That's what this is. This known exploited vulnerabilities catalog is basically a list that Sysa maintains of weaknesses that they know bad guys are actually exploiting. They've developed the techniques, the, the the scripts, or or it's you know in vogue for them, whatever, to exploit them. And which, by the way, should cue you off to say, hey, holy crap, like this is a higher priority. Right, so this is an awesome. This right here, what? I'm getting screen here. This right here is an awesome public service, and yet another reason why we have Jen Easterly emotes on the channel. Give me my Jen Easterly emote, Jen. Oh, come on. Hold on. I gotta. I can't get in there. Oh my gosh, I can't scroll and get to a Jen Easterly. Emote. Hold on one second. This is gonna. Sorry guys, I had to like skew chats just so I could get Jen Easterly emote. right, there we go. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, chat. You guys got my back. I appreciate it. So anyways, TLDR, if you're going into an interview and you know about this, that's going to be good for you from an interview perspective. If you're actively practicing InfoSec, you should know about this, right? And you should also share it with your IT people, but no offense. IT, not all IT people are created equal. Not all of them are going to take a second look at this. It's a wicked good, valuable resource. Thank you, Jen Easterly.
1: Personnel report receiving smartwatches in the mail. Service members across the military who have received these unsolicited smartwatches in the mail report that upon using them, they automatically connect to Wi-Fi and to cell phones unprompted, potentially gaining access to a huge quantity of user data. They may also contain malware that would grant the sender access to saved data that includes banking information, passwords and PII, and also may contain malware that accesses both voice and cameras. U.S. military personnel are advised to not turn these unsolicited watches on and to report the receipt to their local counterintelligence or security manager. I don't
0: know if I said wicked, but I do have something to say about this story, unfortunately. You are
1: so dumb. You are really dumb. For real.
0: This is awful. Okay, so check this out. I... Listen, anyone who served, I did not serve in the military, okay? I did. I am proud to say that I supported the Marine Corps for several years um, in a, you know, I guess, contractor uh, facility capability, whatever. Here's the thing. Just like, okay, so just like any human, okay, there are different levels of intelligence in, in the military, okay? I'm not saying military people are dumb, okay? Because I wasn't in there, so I can't lob that kind of statement. But there's really smart people in the military, there's really average people in the military, and there's really not smart people in the military, just like any any other organization, okay? Okay, so like let's just be objective about it. So if we if some well-funded organization, I have a theory, I'm not gonna do a tinfoil hat, but I have two countries in mind that would be able to pull this off. I have one country specifically I'm thinking of, right? So if they mass produce these smartwatches full of malware, this, you know what this is? This is essentially a, you know, a modern spin on the USB malicious drop, right? This is a modern spin on malicious USB drives. Instead of throwing a USB drive in the parking lot, and writing, you know, Bitcoin wallet or nudes on the drive, They just send out watches. People love themselves some tech, right? Oh, slap a watch on. You know where the watch goes? Everywhere this person goes. Do you know where a watch goes? It goes into skiffs, like classified areas, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, chat, because um, I know you can't take your phone into a skiff. They may not allow smartwatches into skiffs now, which would make sense. Um, But smartwatches can go on base. Smartwatches can go on missions. Smart watches can go to forward operating bases. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, it's actually a pretty clever um, attack vector. It just has a huge financial investment cost. Now, having said all of that, what I will say is, obviously, the United States Army and the military in general, the DoD, they do have really good... Um, like, if, if, a, if, a, if a message comes out wholesale from, you know, whatever, the upper echelon, and says, hey, don't take these watches, right? People won't take them, right? You'll get your butt whooped down if you are uh, caught using them or whatever. Plus, they'll be easy to outline that you could be helping the enemy, right? Loose lips, sink ships, etc. So, I feel like they, they got to nip this one in the bud, there was an exposure period of time there, obviously, where the watches were coming in. People were using them before they caught this. I don't know what the Delta time was, maybe a month or two. But this is this really is just a, a new spin on malicious USB drives, and it's pretty clever. The final thing I'll say about this one is, um, you know, this may or may not come out. I would love it if it did, but once you have the watch, right? Unless, unless the threat actor on the other end sends a kill command to all the watches and they like wipe themselves, which they're probably not going to get, uh, 100% comprehensive coverage, we, we being like the U.S., have these watches with the malicious payloads on them. We have very smart people, right? We can rip the firmware off. We can reverse engineer. We can test in a lab. We can dynamically analyze. We can statically analyze. So whatever this watch does, we are going to know definitively what it does. Okay, so there is that risk that this um, threat actor, again, I'm not going to name any names. I see some suggestions in chat. <laughs> um so whatever it is, it's going to get outed, right? So we're gonna know the C2 domain right because this thing has to if it's if it's connecting to uh, devices and doing malicious behaviors, it's got to exfil the data, right? If it's key logging or if it's capturing wireless passwords or whatever, it's not going to just store it on the phone. Uh, a US Army person wearing the watch isn't going to send it back special you know delivery to threat actor headquarters at Criminal con, um, you know anywhere USA no it's got to it's got to send it back on the network so we'll be able to see that so stay tuned i hope we get i, I hope the the security analysis of these watches gets public
1: uh, published it'd be cool microsoft 365 users experience new outlook and teams problems Network and IT administrators have been dealing with additional Microsoft 365 issues this past week, reporting that some end-users cannot use Microsoft Outlook or other Microsoft 365 apps. These issues started last Monday with numerous admins describing instances of Microsoft Outlook not opening or freezing after opening, seeing delays in mail delivery or errors saying there is no valid license associated with the user. There are also reports that users are experiencing crashes and freezes in Word, Excel, and Teams. This appears to be a different problem than the Outlook issue that Microsoft did fix last week.
0: All right, a couple things here. One, <laughs> Microsoft Teams is freezing. Maybe that's a blessing in disguise. Like, oh, hey, let's, <laughs> you guys, like, start championing. I would do it, championing. Uh, Hey, let's use Discord. Hey, let's use Slack. Hey, let's use anything other than Teams. It's obviously broken, right? If I'm working in IT, I'm not working. (laughs) I'm not working over the weekend to get Teams fixed. Believe that. But Outlook broken. I know half the Simply Cyber community, so about 125 of you in chat on average. Use Microsoft Outlook. I actually recently configured Microsoft Outlook so I could have multiple... Uh, You know, uh, I have several Office 365 email accounts and it's a wicked pain in the butt using the browser because of session tokens and having to switch um, personas. So Outlook allows you to do that quite nicely. So I'm an Outlook user too. But it's freezing. This isn't a cyber attack, but it does highlight the the impact of availability. If we're looking at our CIA triad, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, Microsoft's had a, a rough go here. If I had to guess... Um, and this is, this is, I'll I'll be quick about this one. If I had to guess what's going on, little, uh, here, let me do my, I always like to use the tinfoil hat. Uh, Oh my God. Can someone do tinfoil hats? I literally can't, I literally can't scroll and see the third tray of the emotes. Damn it. It's so annoying. Oh, there we go. I kind of got it. Anytime I'm speaking that it's not based on like factual evidence, I like to qualify it with a tinfoil hat. Okay. Yeah, it is the third outage in a month. Thanks, Sean Washington. They, by the way, Sean Washington, did you get your try hack me uh, voucher, your prize you won on raffles last week? There was some, there was some um, kerfuffle at the end of the week that you didn't connect with. Uh, just a bite. Okay. So guys, here's the thing. If I had to guess what's going on here. It's either one of two things: either Microsoft's being attacked and they're not disclosing it, which I don't think is happening in 2023. uh, Businesses are very like open about when they're attacked in order to solicit feedback and stuff like that. What I would guess is Microsoft had an issue last week. They tried to fix it. They fixed the problem and introduced a new one. This is something that this is what I wanted to tell you. Okay, this happens unfortunately when there's an issue with software. Right. The developers are working on it. And if and all with another with all due respect, I was a software developer back in the day, not a very good one, but I was one. And I've worked for software companies. Software may look cool and really slick and stuff, but if you ask any software developer what they're what it looks like on the back end, it's usually a little bit of a mess. Okay. It's not often I mean, there's like millions of lines of dead code in the Windows operating system source code, okay? So let's just be real about that. What I suspect happened here is that there was a problem with Microsoft technologies last week. I'm not super familiar with what they were. And um, the, the bosses, the powers that be, whatever, were lighting a fire under the developers' butts to get it fixed. Get it fixed, get it fixed! Like banging on the desk, looking like Kenneth Roy in succession in that in the uh, airplane scene, just straight up screaming at them, telling them they're going to be fired if they don't get it fixed soon, and then they fixed it, but they didn't do uh, qual- you know good good uh, unit testing, good regression testing, good qualified QC QA testing, probably a fringe case, and it broke something else. I. I- I apologize for taking forever to get to that point. Here's the TLDR. When you fix a problem in software, you run the chance of introducing a new one, okay? So don't just think it's like stamp it, good to go, and push it out. Like you need to like monitor after the uh, patch has been applied for new things. We saw that. Do you guys remember when Log4j came out? They fixed it and introduced a new one and then fixed that and introduced a new one then fixed that and introduced a new one, right? It happens... And it's usually, it's usually associated with um, developers who are trying to
1: rapidly solve a problem, typically from pressure through management. Chinese state-backed hackers accidentally infect a European hospital. Oops. The incident occurred earlier this year at an unnamed hospital in Europe that was inadvertently affected by a self-propagating malware infection introduced to its network via a USB drive. Incident responders discovered that an employee of the hospital attended a conference in Asia and conducted a presentation with another attendee. That person's laptop was infected with WispRider, a powerful malware that can not only bypass antivirus solutions and establish backdoors into a system, but also spread itself to newly connected removable drives. Researchers at Checkpoint have traced this to Camaro Dragon, also known as Mustang Panda and Luminous Moth, a China-based espionage threat actor whose operations focus on Southeast Asian governments and institutions.
0: All right, hold on one second. Um, they did say Camaro, Camaro uh, Dragon. So, I mean, obviously, obviously... We got to do this meme and Jazzy Jazz. I know you're driving right now. So what I'm pulling up is uh, I'm pulling up uh, Will Farrell in old school uh, with his uh, Camaro. She's not exactly street legal. Okay. So uh, shout out to uh, old school. And uh, <laughs> so, okay. And by the way, congratulations to Jazzy Jazz driving to the new job. Very, very cool. Um, now check this out, guys. Uh, here is a real deal they accidentally infected a European hospital so really terrible opsec if you're into operational security they basically outed themselves by infecting someone by accident second of all malicious payloads you know they do what they're um, they do what they've been programmed to do and there might be cases where you didn't consider thirdly and I think that this is the actual big story like what I would say here is Chinese state backhackers accidentally infected a European hospital malware. That sucks for the hospital, but that's one incident. How about how about this for a story headline? Everybody that spoke at the conference that this guy went to should check to see if they're infected, right? This was a spurious accidental drive-by infection. And the dude spoke at some conference in in Asia, Southeast Asia, right? Presumably, that's how they got infected. Plugging in a, a conference organizer USB. Hey, we're checking your laptop for AV. Plug this in. Whatever it is. I assure you, this was not the only speaker at the conference who plugged crap in. So that would be if I would. Dude, if someone at my organization went to this conference, I would throw their laptop in a volcano and get them a new one. An active volcano, by the way. Obviously, not a... Not a dormant volcano, um, so it was an infected USB device. Obviously, Chinese-based espionage. Um, I'm telling you, the Chinese are amazing at espionage. You know, they're excellent at espionage. You know, uh, just just as a quick reminder and completely unrelated, that uh, DOD watches story uh, that was also espionage. Just completely unrelated about. Those two stories, but I do have a sneaky suspicion who the threat actor was that was behind the watches story. Um, let's see. Yes, exactly. Oh my God, Joel Belton. All right, here we go. Final, final. Uh, this this just came in here. My my talk about the uh, software developers, front end, back end, and uh, you can't really see it here, but um, can I do this? Classic. Uh, Jazzy jazz, we're looking at the uh, Simpsons software front end, Homer all svelte, and then what code looks like on the back end, and his back fat is all rubber banded off. It's kind of actually disturbing, frankly. Okay, so, you know, this is the story, guys. Malware can move quickly. Be careful of what you plug into your computer. Period. Full stop.
1: And now, a word from our sponsor, App Omni. Overprovisioned users could expose your organization's most sensitive data. Just a single attack on one of those users may compromise your entire SaaS estate. With App Omni's identity and threat detection capabilities, you can detect and respond to suspicious activities within your SaaS environment. Gain visibility into overprovisioned users, the SaaS data they have access to, and receive guided remediation. Get started at appomni.com. That's a p p o m n i.
0: Hold on one second. So really quickly, we're going to do the mid roll in just a second. But someone asked a question here that I want to address. Marcus Seiler says it's an infosec conference. Shouldn't they have a sandbox for presenters' USB testing? That's not how it works. Like when you're at a conference and it's your time to talk, you just like go up to the podium. They usually have like an AV handler person there, and they set you up and off you're running. Right? No, no one, no one's going to a conference and like detonating like, it just, it, it doesn't work that way. Now, if you're super, um, if you're super concerned, you might bring a burner laptop. If you're super, super concerned, you may provide your slides in advance and tell them that you're not bringing a computer and it's on the conference to provide your box, uh, stuff like that. But for the most part, everybody just goes YOLO and plugs right in. <laughs> like I've been to a million, I've, I've spoken at several conferences and you know, I, I'm not thinking of getting infected, honestly. But you know, you gotta you gotta do a threat assessment of where you're speaking, right? Speaking in Deadwood, you have a lower likelihood of infection than presenting in, you know, Southeast Asia. Okay, let's do the mid roll. All right, guys. If you're having a good time i want to thank you Uh, i do try to deliver educational value and entertainment value i have a wonderful time which is why i insisted on doing today's stream uh my family and i don't leave until noon so i was like "Ooh." i even asked eric taylor if he minded if i presented this morning since um he was all gear geared up to uh, slide into the a-hole chair but he said he'd be cool sitting in the b-hole chair and um i appreciate that eric taylor i appreciate barricade cybers and panopsi security for their continued support of this channel uh, i have been told by both owners of these companies eric taylor and brandon Poole, that they will they plan on sponsoring the show until the show doesn't exist anymore so i want to thank them for their evergreen support and for helping me build this community you guys are all amazing If you're getting educational value or entertainment value, the 265 beautiful people that are here, do me a hot favor, just take a second and hit the like button. Why? If you're a first-timer here, I don't know if we got any any hashtag first-timers in chat, but if you're a first-timer here, you may have discovered the channel, because last week, people were hitting the like button during the live stream. Hitting the like button triggers the YouTube algorithm to say, hey, there's 271 cybersecurity-interested people in this channel, watching this live stream, they all like it. Let me go tell more cyber people that like it. And that is how we reach out and connect with more people. So do that if you will. If not, that's cool. Um, Guys, another wonderful professional networking opportunity that I'm a huge advocate of. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Jenny Housley, I do need uh, an assist on this one on who currently has the baton. Um, I thought it was... uh, I forget. So, guys, uh, every single weekday, we launch the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. It is an opportunity for everyone in chat to professionally network and build a network of like-minded cyber professionals on LinkedIn. So whoever has the baton, they will post on LinkedIn. You can also go back and look through LinkedIn, just search on the hashtag hashtag simply cyber community challenge and connect with everybody that's posting and commenting on there gg henderson well gg henderson was a first timer so maybe gg um failed to understand what we were doing here um tony gray hashtag first timer welcome to the party tony gray um okay all right so they don't appear to be here can we get a squad member? Is there a is there a Simply Cyber Squad member? Hey, Jared Pierpoint. Is there a Simply Cyber Squad member that would uh, be able to take on the baton for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge today? Let us know in chat. Would love to uh, get the ball rolling again. We had a couple of hiccups last week, and I want to do it. All right, Cat GPT knows what's up. All right, guys. So we'll do the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. While we're getting that queued up, I want to say. It is Monday, which is Callan's Art of the Week. Callan developed this on the way down, or the way to the remote studio. I love my son. I love my son. All right, so here we go, Callan's Art of the Week. Now this right here is Lobster Fred. Callan is very big on naming everything. He loves Lobster Fred, okay? Also, you won't be able to see it because it's written in pencil, but Callan is written in the back. Callan, number one for Fred. Callan, number one for Fred. So a little little ink on paper. You know, little ink on paper. Um, Way to go, Callan. Thanks so much for supporting the show and delivering on your commitment for Monday mornings. All right, guys. Uh, Jenny Housley, um, Ben Middleton. Ben Middleton, let me know if you're going to take it
1: up and we'll do that. Otherwise, we'll we'll get it sorted at the end. LastPass users furious after being locked out due to MFA resets. LastPass users have been experiencing significant login issues since having been prompted to reset their authenticator apps following planned security updates on May 9th. The company stated that users might need to log back into their LastPass account and reset their multi-factor authentication preference. Since then, numerous users have been locked out of their accounts and unable to access their LastPass vault even after successfully resetting their MFA applications. Compounding the problem, affected customers cannot seek assistance from support since reaching out to LastPass support requires logging in to their accounts. LastPass says the MFA resets were announced via in-app messages for, quote, several weeks, end quote, before the initial announcement, and additionally, advisories and instructional videos had been provided
0: oh my god
1: yeah. oh my god what a nightmare
0: okay so the um oh, jesus all right i i will try not to spend a terrible amount of time on this one okay there is an important lesson learned here and it's not like it's not Ooh, don't use last pass okay last pa- hold on this 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 mic boom is really annoying listen LastPass, has uh, had a bad run here. Their lead developer, one of their lead developers, got compromised, and people's encrypted databases got X-filled and all that other stuff. They went through all that bad pub. Now they're doing this. Okay, so check this out. LastPass, I don't know like if if they... This is really bad optics for LastPass. They're already dealing with um, consumer sentiment being not high and now they're uh, offering a really crappy user experience. There's two lessons here. I'm going to extrapolate this out uh, a little bit so it's more valuable for us as a uh, InfoSec community. Two things. One, if you are ever going to do something that impacts the entire user base, okay? So you work at a 5,000 person company and it's gonna affect all 5,000. You work for a company that has customers and you have a million customers, and what you're going to do affects a million customers, you absolutely need to do two things, okay? One is a communication plan, and I'm not talking sending one email out and being like, Boo, we're going to be doing this. Dude, you need a solid communication plan that is like months in advance like think of the way microsoft microsoft does a great job frankly of like hey this change is coming hey this change is coming hey this change is almost here here's how it's going to impact you hey this change is almost here if you want to get ahead of it do this hey the change is here hey you're screwed hey like if you if you're getting impacted by this this is how you fix it right dude you got to communicate strong two and this one's so that that's for like the business people and the communications people and the pr people okay Two, you absolutely, absolutely need to test this on a small subset of your user base, whether it's your end users, your customers, I don't care. You do not, I I don't know if LastPass didn't have an opportunity to do this or what, but you need to test this on like a subset of like a hundred people or a thousand people. Why? because you need to work out all the kinks and all the all the fringe use cases you didn't consider so you can get them sorted out and limit, this is the key, limit the negative impact of a decision like this, okay? If I was using LastPass and I paid for it, because the, the paid version's affecting people too, if I was paying for LastPass and then I got an MFA reset, I'd be like, okay, this is annoying. And then I was locked out Dude, you would see me. You would see me turn into Mecha Godzilla. I would be blowing fire. I would be so angry. That like literally, I like I don't even use LastPass. And I'm just thinking about it right now. Like I would so quickly pivot to another technology. Like Bitwarden. Like, like, like you couldn't I would cancel all my morning meetings and I would spend three hours in just pure rage transitioning to a new uh password vault solution. I would be so I would be blinded by rage. Like I'm not even using LastPass and I'm getting frothed up about this thing. Okay. And then third, I'm just gonna share this with you. Um it, it in the event that um in the event that something does happen like this Um, You really need to set up a command center with like a phone number that people can call in and be mindful of threat actors impersonating people, right? Because you don't want to unlock an account to like Jack Scott's password vault if Jack Scott is actually like, you know, uh, Joel Belton, right? Or whatever. So this is a hideous look for LastPass. Hideous look. Dude, is LastPass publicly traded? Can we look at their stock? Hold on. LastPass, stock. I don't know if they're publicly traded or not. Oh my god, what is this? Yeah. LastPass, hold on. L.
1: Oh my god.
0: LOGM stock. Let's see what their stock's trading at. Can we get a, oh my god, I need a graphic, people. Like, what is this? Show me a graphic. Is it like too much to ask for for graphics? Oh, here we go. Oh. Well, that's not... I don't see any disruption. This is clearly where they had that... um, (laughs) This is clearly where they got their source code dumped. Or not their source code, where people's... um, This would have been... a Dude, by the way... Okay, so I'm sorry to get too deep into this. Guys, check this out. This is... I, I I haven't confirmed this, but I would suspect this is when all the people's passwords got x due to that developer thing. This was on December 3rd, 2020. On March 29th, 2020, it had, it had rebounded from $72 to $85. Dude, that would have been a sick time to invest. I'm not giving financial advice. I definitely don't do that here on this channel. But I just want to point out if you look at stock and you have a couple bucks, dude, anytime some company, like, well, like, uh, remind me of Jack and we'll look at SolarWinds stock value, right? One, one of the most epic hacks of all time. I bet you they rebounded, right? It's, it's like, I'm just saying, like, it happens all the time. These companies get popped, their stock value tanks, and then it immediately blasts back up. Uh, Pursuit of Bliss says give it to the end of the day. Yeah, we're ahead of the curve here because we're in the news
1: of cyber, right? We need the mainstream people to get it. One becomes latest bank affected by cyber attack on debt buying giant. Capital One is the latest financial institution to reveal that it was affected by a cyber attack on NCB Management Services, a company that purchases debt. The initial response to the incident focused on former customers of Bank of America, but in new letters filed with regulators in several states, Capital One confirmed that its customers were involved. Pennsylvania-based NCB initially sent out breach notification letters in March after discovering the attack on February the 4th, writing that almost 495,000 people had troves of sensitive financial information leaked. Lawyers who cited...
0: Again, wait, hold on. Again, here's the thing, man. Like, if I was a threat actor, we almost need an emote for this. And I got to be careful because I might get deplatformed. I I literally feel like I'm towing the line of, like, this is how to do crime. Dude, threat actors are getting savvy. If you're going to be a professional threat actor... Dude, going after law firms, CPAs, debt collecting agencies, they've got all the juice. They got the people, right? I mean, if you go straight to Capital One, yeah, that's where the money's kept, but their defenses are are really good. NCB management. I don't know. Say what you will. People have a lot of opinion about debt collection services. I certainly know they're you know, the people who accrue the debt, you know, have the debt. So I'm not um I'm not dismissing the person who accumulated the debt and bought things that they couldn't afford on credit. But I will say the techniques used by debt collection agencies are pretty scummy. Um, but all they said here is that NCB got compromised and a bunch of people's information, like half a million people, had troves of financial information leaked. I would also argue, dude, are you kidding me with this boom? Um, I would also argue that the debt collection agencies probably have a lot more other information, right? Because they're trying to get paid. They probably have more information about the debt holder than just how much money they own. Um, The other thing I'd mention too, um, whenever it comes to personal information associated with money, that becomes like a pretty juicy uh, target list for threat actors. Usually, it's more like, okay, so you pop a um, crypto exchange, and then you sort by um, how, ex- how how much money someone has in their wallet, right? And now you have a top 10 wealthiest people on the exchange, and then you target them. Or, you know, someone's involved like an NFT project, and you sort by how much money they have invested, right? It's basically a quick way to identify whales versus you know minnows or whatever so you're basically you're spending more time energy and effort focused on bigger targets which will ultimately make you more money um in this case since you're just pulling debt collection stuff i i would imagine that you could do extortion you could do blackmail you could certainly do identity theft um so i mean it's not good but you're you're the thing is like if you're into making money the the trove of people you've just compromised are people who are in debt not people who have disposable income right or or like you know um like uh what's the word like the kind of money where like
1: it's it's like blue blood money or whatever okay let's keep going fake cases hallucinated by chat gpt must pay Following up on a story we brought you last month, the attorneys who filed court documents citing cases that had been completely invented by OpenAI's ChatGPT have now been formally slapped down by a New York judge. Judge Kevin Castell pointed out how they had, quote, "...abandoned their responsibilities when they submitted non-existent judicial opinions with fake quotes and citations created by ChatGPT, then continued to stand by the fake opinions after judicial orders called their existence into question," end quote. In his sanctions order, Judge Castell included his concern that, quote, a future litigant may be tempted to defy a judicial ruling by disingenuously claiming doubt about its authenticity, end quote. Judge Castell directed the two attorneys to each pay a $5,000 fine to the court to notify their client and to notify each real judge falsely identified as the author of the cited fake cases.
0: Oh, my God. And First of all shall we play a game second of all
1: you are so dumb you are really dumb for real all
0: right so you tell me chat is this lawyer incompetent or lazy those are your choices lawyer incompetent or lazy so we covered this story a little while ago can i also just point out this lawyer is damn lucky they didn't get debarred or disbarred or unbarred or whatever the bar term is like they're luckily they are allowed to continue to practice law because this is gross negligence. Some jack wagon basically asked ChatGPT to do their job and then they submitted it and the judge called it out because it was total horse crap. And here's the part that makes me want to fly off the handle, okay? Where is it? 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 Uh do do do. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to highlight something in chat because it's so ridiculous. The lawyer continued to stand by the fake opinion even after the judge called the existence of the cases cited into question. This clown baby doubled down on lies. I I don't even have a sounder for this one. Like, what what would be appropriate? Like, what's an... Like, ugh, I don't even, is this, me outside. How about this? I mean, is that something we can do? Like, like this is insane. Like, dude, I, you are terrible at your job and you're lucky you're able to continue to practice law. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. ChatGPT, great tool, great product. I used it. Uh, I use it often. Okay. But what it's good for is like, for example, okay, I spent yesterday thinking about i know you can't see that but believe me it's a list of 10 things right i sat down and i said okay if i was going to tell someone cuz i get asked all the time how do i break into cybersecurity Jerry like what would be the steps and i sat down for 15 20 minutes and i thought through 10 steps okay and i and i i you know i did it in pen i moved some things around right i came up with a plan okay and then I wanted to make a list. I'm not just going to provide the list. I wanna, I want to provide context to it and structure and everything like that. So I, I put it in ChatGPT and said, "Here's my ten list. Like, let's figure this out." And then it generated some content. Then I went in to the you know, to the to the output, and I modified it and I made it my own and I did all these other things. ChatGPT is really good at helping you do some of the busy work. It is not good, and it is negligent to use it to do all your work, okay? I get that it's the future, and I get that it's wicked cool, and I get that you can basically just type in a prompt and then go play 18 holes because you're doing your job. But in reality, it sniffs and stinks and has fishy stink lines on it when it's just ChatGPT. You need to use it as a tool, not as a replacement, you donkey, okay? So that's the deal. Um, anyways, I'm just annoyed by this. Like, this is so freaking lazy. It's, it's gross. Right. And then of course you like go online and like, I don't know if you guys have seen on YouTube, but like, if I see another video, like, so I made a a host of chat GPT videos, right? Like how to use it to fix your resume, how to use it to get a higher salary, how to use it to interview prep. Okay. Those are all, in my opinion, good uses of chat GPT, but you get all these, um, Yahoo's making videos like. Here, start a thousand dollar business, and with like, or start a a hundred thousand dollar business with no work. Have ChatGPT do it. It's like, dude, everything you're pumping out, is fraudulent. Hit the bricks, Ajani. Is hit the bricks mean like get out of here? Yeah, actually, the yeah. Thank you, whoever said that in chat. Funky Monk.
1: Carl. That lawyer is straight Carl. Now, last week in ransomware. Last week's focus was on the blackcat V ransomware gang extorting Reddit and the ongoing MoveIt transfer data breaches. BlackCat still plans to leak 80 gigabytes of the data after they say Reddit ignored a $4.5 million ransom demand. The situation with MoveIt escalated last week with the US government issuing an up to $10 million reward for information on the CLOP ransomware operation being linked to a foreign government after it was revealed they breached numerous federal agencies. As expected, this massive breach has led to a class action lawsuit against Progress Software, the developers of MoveIt Transfer. Just a quick reminder that there will be...
0: All right, so a couple things. One, Reddit wasn't encrypted. it just their data was x which is kind of weird for Black Cat, honestly, because Black Cat usually is a, uh encryption-type gig. But maybe they thought, hey, it's Reddit. Like, let's just get the data and go, because it's so big. Carl G T B, Carl GBT! Shall we play oh my God! What a what a mashup! Um, okay, so guys, you know it's Monday. It's a weekly roundup of ransomware. Dig in here. This is like a basically a bargain bin at GameStop when you walk in. It's like these are the five dollar uh, video games or at Cap- uh, Target or Walmart, like the bin of five dollar DVDs. Go ahead, dig through here. Find the ransomware that suits your needs, your business, your industry, you whatever. Uh, to educate your end users or to get budget just be mindful ransomware is undoubtedly the most uh prevalent threat to our industry right now or to, to you know it, it's the top threat that we need to be mindful of so having the roundup is very convenient uh don't sleep on that get in there uh, yep so all right. That's going to do it for the news. It is 8.56, so uh, shout out and apologies to NCC Group and Base Case for going eight minutes over. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. But what we're going to do is just spend a hot minute. um, I want to remind everybody later this week on tomorrow, Eric Taylor is taking over the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, so please uh, enjoy that. This Wednesday um, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, We will continue the Market Your Cyber Self limited run podcast series. It's an eight episode podcast. Episode three is this Wednesday. I will not be hosting Virginia Case. We will have a special, very special guest host. Uh, You will not want to miss it. Uh, Believe that. Trust me. Virginia is already delivering massive amounts of value. And I think the guest host um, is it's, very very not only is this guest host very good at hosting but this guest host is also uh, particularly well invested in cyber entrepreneurship and helping beginners so i think you're going to enjoy that stream that session so check it out here i'll drop a link in chat if you're interested in doing that i will try to be in the comments unlikely Uh, i see ben middleton picked up the baton for simply cyber community challenge thank you very much ben Giddy up on that. Uh, Look forward to see... Looking forward to seeing your post, right? Jenny, was it it Ben Middleton? Hold on. Let me scroll back here. Yeah, Ben Middleton. Thank you, Ben. All right, guys. Also want to remind everybody about Simply CyberCon. Um, We have made all the selections for the speakers. Um, I need to communicate that out. I just haven't had time, unfortunately. Um, But... John Strand will be keynoting Simply CyberCon, a, a guy who personifies um, community and inclusivity and cybersecurity um, support. So I'm super pumped about John Strand. Guys, the agenda for the uh, both t- t- talk tracks is amazing. We've got amazing speakers to bring to you. And we have four four training tracks. We've got Cody Kinsey doing hardware hacking. We've got Mike Miller doing LinkedIn review. We've got charles Finfrock doing an osint course and we got jack scott doing some training i don't know if it's confirmed yet or not it's going to be awesome special thanks again to callen for the art of the week genuinely appreciate that i will give uh two minutes to jaw jacking if y'all want to hang out thank you everybody for your time genuinely appreciate it you guys are the best all right All right. So I'm just looking at chat really quick. Oh, thanks, Jack Scott. Yeah, John Strand is dynamite for the keynote. I'm super pumped. Pursuit of Bliss in for the Osing course. Yeah, Charles Finfrock's wonderful. Super pumped. Thanks, uh, Jess Bishop. Bring in the list you wrote down yesterday. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, well, hold on, so the list I made, got, well, here, let me tease this, well, hold on, we got a couple things. The list I made, I actually wrote into a uh, a 12-page book, and I'm going to be making the book uh, free to everybody. I just want to get it cleaned up and make it look really cool. So stay tuned for that top 10 list. I think you guys are going to dynamite love it. Um, shout out to Jess Bishop. Jess Bishop uh, read it yesterday for me and uh, gave me some proofing co- uh, comments. Um, shout out to Aaron uh, Katz Gager who's helping me with the mechanism for delivering the free book to everybody. I'm super pumped about it, guys. And again, um, yep, Charles Finnfrock's doing the OSINT. synth. Yep. Um, yeah, the book's going to be cool. Plus, I think I, I use like a really cool retro synth wave <laughs> color scheme on it, so I think you'll like that too. Yeah, thank you so much, Jess Bishop. Uh, all right, Jazzy Jazz working. William Ayers with the job. Catch EBT. Dude, everybody, everybody's just crushing it. Hey, let me do this really quickly. Um, because I'm going to pause the music for just a minute. Since I will be gone Tuesday through Monday next week, I want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July. I want to wish everybody a happy weekend. For all of those who got interviews to, uh, this week coming up, you got it, my friend. You're absolutely going to crush it. And for those who got the job and are starting new jobs this week, um, like uh, Jazzy Jazz and so many others, you guys are going to wreck, wreck shop as you go and start on those new jobs. Congratulations to all of you. Thanks, Pursuit of Bliss. I will try to R&R. We'll see. I'm going to have a couple... uh, kick back a couple uh, sodas if you're picking up what I'm putting down hashtag beer love (laughs) don't worry people I am taking the French press with me I know many of you (laughs) were not concerned alright guys thank you all so very much have a wonderful oh actually hold on hold on hold on Uh, the newsletter came out um, I just want to remind everybody, the newsletter came out and uh, it's the first newsletter that has the um, like the support, the newsletter segment in it. Um, I just I, It's important to me, this is why I actually pulled the community and why I'm actually going to spend one more minute talking about this. If you got the newsletter today, um, please let me know what, do, what did you think about it? Hopefully, like the blog post that I put in It has value. I like the blog posts. I will not be linking anything in that newsletter that I do not like, okay? It's not just a cash grab. It's things that I like. And remember, if you hit the link in the um, newsletter, uh, Simply Cyber will get a small fee. So it goes to support the cost of the newsletter and some of the other ancillary costs uh, for the channel. Cool. Thanks, Alicia, Jerry. I'm glad you got it um going to do some typing and send it to set up email list thanks cat all right guys looks cool looks like everybody got it everybody's okay with it have a great monday if you are a first timer here please come back tomorrow yes i do grind my own beans casey oh my god bro once you start grinding your own beans you won't go back believe that grind your own beans french press it's the only way to fly Thanks so much, Kimberly, for the support. All right, let's do that arcade summer here. There it is. All right, guys, thanks so very much. Be good, everybody, and we will see you when you call the lawyer a clown, baby. Yeah, lawyer is a clown, baby. All right, guys, I'm out. Be good. We'll see you on, I will see you on Wednesday next week. Thanks again to Eric Taylor and the entire Simply Cyber mod team for keeping the lights on uh this next week. I genuinely like guys, just so you know, I- I'm saying this to the mod team. Guys, thank you all so very much for allowing me to be able to step away for a few days and know that um the channel is in wonderful, caring, supportive, great hands. To the Simply Cyber community, you guys are all the best. Keep doing all the good work you're doing. Keep crushing it. I'm Jerry, this is Simply Cyber. Until next time, stay secure. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn and also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 AM Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 PM. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content and we'll see you in the next one.